Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the story about a series of murders and disappearances that happened in the winter of 2000. Previously, on a new winter. When I looked to the faces, their black, ooze-covered eyes seemed to be looking straight back at me almost pleading with me, trying to perhaps beg for this torturous existence to end. And as I looked at them, I knew, I knew that all these bodies this creature was made up of, they were all me. This is episode 43 of A New Winter. The creature limped away, and I took a moment to catch my breath, to fully absorb the horror of what I saw. What was this creature? What was it doing? And the more terrifying question... What exactly did it want with me? I gathered my thoughts and decided I didn't want to be in this room for any longer than I had to. The walls were covered in blood. Body parts were thrown across the room. Guts lying on the floor, tracing its path. It was like a human abattoir. And so I rushed out. I decided that it was time for me to leave here. Leave this place completely. I was going to try and get out before it was too late. I burst out into the corridor and quickly but silently decided to just head in one direction, where possible. I should be able to find some kind of ending, at least, I thought. I kept moving, for what must have been a good 20 minutes at least. When does it end, I thought. Each corridor a slight variation on the last, a never-ending passage of uniformity. But there were no guns, no people, no noises, nothing. I wondered if perhaps I'd wandered far away from where the action was. That perhaps this was the more abandoned corner of this underground secret. And then I heard the buzzing. I recognised it. It was familiar. As I drew closer to the source, I could hear that it was a buzzing like that of a neon light. Of electricity. I walked along and something was pulling me there. I felt different. I felt like I was no longer in control. As I reached the end of the corridor, it turned to the right. A normal corner, and weird as it may sound, I hadn't seen this yet here, I didn't think. It was more of a passage now. As I peered around the corner, I knew this is where the sound was coming from. At the end of the passage was a thick iron door, 
like that you'd find in a bank vault. Whatever was in there was obviously important or dangerous. I walked further along, and as I got closer, I realised the door had no handle. I looked around, but nothing. Maybe it only opens from one side, I thought. And then, like something from a horror film, the door slowly creaked open. I pulled it open and walked inside, and the door shut behind me. But before I could panic about being left in the darkness, a white light came on. It was a relief on my eyes. All that red had started to make me feel really sick. I looked up at the strip lighting on the ceiling, and then the strangeness that surrounded me. I was in a thin corridor. The walls were covered with wires, floor to ceiling, all kinds of different colours, different thicknesses, and amongst them were other electrical items. Some kind of signal splitters, a few switches, some wires completely exposed, but they were all tied against the walls. And in fact, it made me feel quite claustrophobic. I carried on forward, and then I saw a speaker in the corner. Keep going, it said. You can't stop. It sounded old and croaky and slow. As I walked along further, I noticed that it opened out into a room full of screens, computers, robotic machinery and all sorts of strange technology. Some I recognised, some looked old and some... well, some just looked futuristic. In the middle of the room was a chair with a skeleton on it. But it was hard to tell as, even though there were no clothes on it, there was a huge piece of tech, like a mess of wires and metal that came from the ceiling, almost like vines in an ancient ruin. And it seemed to be growing out of the skull of the skeleton. I started to move closer. You can stay right there, the voice from the speaker said. Which one are you? What do you mean? I asked. Uh, I see you've had the tumour removed. Yes, I have. Sorry, I can't seem to see you. Where are you? Well, I'm right here in front of you, the voice spoke. But all that in front of me was... The skeleton? I asked. Yes, my physical form, anyway. You don't remember seeing this before? It asked. I think I'd remember something like this. Well, (laughs) the voice on the speaker laughed. I created this, all of this. And I hope you're suitably impressed. I would offer you something to eat or drink, but there just isn't anything here, I'm afraid. I have to ask, how did you find me? I just kept going, I answered. Look, I'm trying to get out of here, and somehow I feel that you'll know the way. Well, where would you want to go, the voice said. Outside, at least. But to what? What's out there for you? You're so young, you have no idea. I walked up to the skeleton. What even happened to you? Nothing happened, it said, but at the same time, well, everything happened. I sighed, tired of these riddles. The voice laughed. You could tell what I was thinking. Well, as you can see, I died, but not before finding a way to live forever. That's the purpose of this bunker, you see, this whole place. I need to find out how I can truly live forever. Not just through this machine, I need to... I need to try. I tried with others, less successful others, but then I had to start trying on myself, on versions of myself. Hmm. 
Mortal masturbation, I mumbled. Sorry? Nothing. Carry on. Um, so you downloaded or uploaded whatever yourself to this computer that seems to be in front of me, I said. Yes, but this was oh, so long ago. When I was younger, I made sure I prepared myself for this, for the inevitable. But I promised that I would find a way. I would find a way. I would find a way back to her. Hmm, some long-lost love, I imagine, I quipped. <laughs> yes, you could say that. But if I tell you too much, it really does spoil the fun. So what is this place down here? Well, it's a place. It's a place where we push the borders of time, space, and well, life itself. We toe the line between science and magic. Hmm. And, uh... So you're just here, are you? I mean, whose side are you on exactly? Bob told me about, about some war, something like that. I'm guessing you know who that is. The voice went quiet for a second. You know Bob? You met him? Well, we haven't been able to communicate with him in thousands of these experiments. This is new. Yeah, he told me of a war between uh, the masked ones, this Ian Reynolds and Mr. Tooley, that I was to take to these place or something. I don't know, I just, I just want to go home. The voice clearly was preoccupied with something else. Hmm, why would Bob show himself to you, I wonder? What makes you so special? I'd had enough by this point. This dark, dank room, strange skeleton which, for some reason... Really didn't even seem to bother me that much. The wires, the buzzing screens, it was all just giving me a headache. Look, I don't care, just tell me how I get out. Well, there are multiple entrances and exits, and it depends on how you see them. If you want, I can help, I just... I just ask for something in return. Oh yeah, really, and what's that? I asked. Just a small favour, but... One I'll call in at a future date, I think, he said. What, like some mafia boss? No, it's okay. I think I'll find my own way out, thanks. Well, you see, the voice said, there's no way out from here now. I mean, consider this. Uh, you're trapped. There's no way in and out. And I want you to think of... I want you to think of me letting you go as a kind of a favour. And I do ask very little in return. I looked around. And I guess he was right. There was no way out from here. Just that huge iron slab of a door. Okay, I said. And what happens if I just start pulling all these wires out? Well, the voice said. Then I can assure you, you would have completely destroyed your only exit. And at least my skeleton will have another to accompany it. Well, I guess I don't have a choice then, do I? I said, defeated, tired. Well, that's the thing with fate, isn't it? The voice said. You very rarely do... And I felt a strange sensation making my skin tingle. Suddenly I was awash with the blue light again. I felt happy. It was strange. The world around me changed and then suddenly I found myself in the top of the tower again. The blue light faded and there I was. I was outside. I was free. It was like all that had happened before in that horrible, dank labyrinth of corridors was just a nightmare. I was now here at the top of the tower, alone. I looked out through the trees and saw the bright blue sky, took a deep breath, 
I was home. I walked down the tower and outside, breathing in the fresh air. This was so much better. And slowly, I walked into town with a big smile on my face. But as I got closer, I realised something was different. The shops on the way had changed and some buildings seemed to have completely disappeared. And the cars looked weird. Then I noticed that the whole place just seemed... Oh, empty. I started freaking out. Why wasn't anyone here? Where was everyone? Hello? I shouted in despair. Hello? Anyone? Please? I started freaking out. And as I made my way further into the town, I heard... Murmurs. The all-too-familiar murmurs. And there was smoke billowing up to the heavens. And I ran towards the source must be people at least maybe someone could tell me what's going on but the closer I got the more I became fearful of what it was that I'd find as I turned a corner in front of me in a large field that I didn't even know existed was a sight unlike anything I'd ever seen I'd found everyone but they were masked naked and they were having sex with one another all of them. It was just like a sea of writhing bodies, masks, noises, groans. But what really shocked me was in the middle, there was a huge bonfire. And people were... People were throwing things onto it. As I looked closer, I could see they were throwing... They were throwing body parts onto it. And there on a pile on the floor were pieces of human bodies, all shapes and sizes, being thrown onto the fire. Arms, hands, legs, feet, heads. And then I realised where they were coming from. They were doing it to each other. They were killing one another in this massive orgy and then chopping each other up and throwing it, throwing all the body parts onto the fire. And then I heard what they were chanting in between the groans and moans and screams. Baba. 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 If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more info, including how you can support the show, please visit anewwinter.com. Thank you for listening to A New Winter. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 